Rolling. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 89 of the Ron and Don Show. And usually we have the bells, the whistles, the band is all here, but uh, we don't have that because we're still socially distancing. So I'm live from Queen Anne Mountain. Ron is live from South Lake Union. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. Les Schwab, guys, quit running around. We're recording. Stop, <laughs> stop running. <laughs> and, and, running. Yeah, and anyway, we're sorry uh, that this sounds probably a little janky to you, but it's because we're doing what a lot of you are doing right now. We are Zooming. So, Ron, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Zooming because I got to be honest with you. I didn't know what a Zoom meeting was uh, until the pandemic hit. And now I'm Zooming with my son. He's Zooming with his classmates. We're Zooming with uh, some real estate agents. I'm Zooming with my mom. Tomorrow is my son's birthday. And so a surprise to him is we have family members from all over the country. And we're going to jump on together and we're going to Zoom. So did you get my present? I I sent a digital present today to your son. Did you get it? I didn't get I've been a little busy, so I didn't get it. It's in your email box. I'll look for it. It's going to be his favorite present. Well, so Zoom, of course, is this online platform where you can do video conference calls and it scales up. So you can have we I've been on calls with 75 people and you can scroll back and forth and see everybody's video and do messaging and stuff. So one of the ones I thought that was really great, it's actually trending on YouTube right now if you go look at it. John Krasinski, who was Jim in The Office, the American version of The Office. So everybody knows Jim. Uh, he now, of course, big-time movie star. He's the new uh, – he's got a, a Amazon Prime series out right now. He's also married to Emily Blunt, the British actress, a very beautiful lady. They have a couple kids together. She was just Mary Poppins. And the Mary Poppins Returns movie, and Emily Bond is just so she's a lovely human being. So he has started his own television show online called Some Good News. And so it's it's on YouTube. It starts out with him holding a, a globe and spinning it like like a, the old school uh, logo of the world news. Cool. And he sits down in front of his set. Mm-hmm. His young daughters drew him a logo. It just says SN, uh, SGN. <laughs> that's, that's taped to the wall. And he gets Love all it. dressed up in a suit and everything. So yeah. there, and he, then he just goes out and he finds good news stories. And so he yeah. goes through about 10, 15 minutes of good news. So what he did on his uh, last episode is he found there was this tweet that went out that was getting a lot of uh, retweets from a little girl. I think she's like 10 or 11. Hmm. She was really disappointed because she had tickets to go see Hamilton. The Hamilton show got canceled. And so she said that um, her family instead watched Emily Blunt in the Mary Poppins Returns movie. And so uh, John brings on Emily uh, and this girl in a Zoom call. And he's like, hey, I know you missed out on Hamilton, but would it cheer you up if uh, Mary Poppins gives you a message? So Emily pops on. She's talking. The girl's excited. Yeah. She's, she's not like over the top excited. She's still, no. he's like, you're still pretty bummed that you missed out on Hamilton, aren't you? She's like, yeah, I really want to see. It's my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. So Zoom screen pops up. It's Lynn manuel Miranda, Hamilton. And so he comes in. He's like, hi. He introduces himself to the 11-year-old. And he's like, well, can I do a, a number for you? She's like, great. So he starts, the music starts to play. He starts doing the song. Next thing you know, the entire cast of Hamilton, the original production, 
starts popping up on the Zoom screen until you have like 25 people on the Zoom screen. One of them is this 11-year-old girl. One of them is Emily Blunt and John Krasinski in the, in the Some Good News set. They do the entire Hamilton song with uh, music and the production, the entire cast. So the chorus is in there. Alexander Hamilton's in there. All of the characters are in. They're not dressed up in costume. They're all in their own houses on this Zoom call. They perform the whole thing yeah. uh, and bring it back to this uh, little 11-year-old girl. It is absolutely fantastic. I love that. Like if I you're, love it. If you don't get a smile and a, a momentary sense of joy of watching this girl get a personal performance, because Lynn Wellman, Lynn Miranda doesn't even do the show anymore. Like it's it's now a traveling roadshow. He was in the Mary Poppins movie with Emily, and so that's why Emily called him and they orchestrated this whole thing. So that's been great. The other thing on Zoom that you're seeing a lot is virtual happy hours. Mm-hmm. So friends from around the country will dial in on Zoom, and then they all get a cocktail of their choice, and they just chit chat. And then another genius one that I heard, and I'm actually going to organize this tomorrow. Uh, from um, the woman who does, what's her name? Esther Perel, who does the, the relationship podcast. Yeah, Where she's great. Begin? She's a yeah. genius. She suggested a virtual movie club. And so you get uh, several friends, you all watch the same movie, mm-hmm. and then you do a Zoom call where you discuss the movie. So instead huh. of doing a book club, you do a movie club. You are not invited to my movie club because okay. you do not watch movies. Yeah, I don't so, talk sit around much. I'm going to give you Don's <laughs> review of any movie I would choose. You're like, that was all right. Like, <laughs> that's your review. So you're like, I don't think you're going to add anything to the movie club. Yeah. So I'm going to invite some people and start a movie club. Yeah. I tell you what, I really appreciate this because my son is in fourth grade and um, students were told it's been mandated Seattle public schools that you have to go back to school, but you have to go back to school online. And so for him, well, I know a lot of kids out there think that that's a bummer. We got to go back to school. He was thrilled because at that age, man, you don't totally understand what's going on. Uh, And there's not kids, man, they have the ability to live in the moment. I mean, we as adults are the ones that get more freaked out because we live in the past and we live in the future. And oh my God, what's this virus going to do? You put them uh, on a screen with 25 of his other friends from class, and oh my God, is it fun to watch. And of course, they have the comment section, and to see the little comments that fourth graders write to each other while Miss uh, Garza is teaching them, uh, or why their math teacher is teaching them, it is freaking cool. And I'm just so glad during this time of social distancing that he's able to see those familiar faces, because again... Tomorrow is his birthday, and what are you supposed to do on a birthday? Well, you can have a Zoom birthday, so you can see those faces and have those connections. You see other people out there that invite friends and family members to drive by in a car, or we've seen people pull out in the field, and they'll all park way away from each other, and they'll sit there, they'll have lunch, their dinner, and they'll make some kind of connection that way. And, and so. I would encourage people, if you uh, have someone in your life that's older but has an iPhone, Call them and let them know how to do a FaceTime call where maybe you don't need seven people on there, but you just need two people. It will thrill them. We're trying to, me and my sister are trying to figure out how to get my folks 
iPhones because the rest of the family is on iPhone. Mm. And so, so that we can do a video call with them because they're at their house. They're not leaving. They're both uh, 80 years old. And so they're staying, staying put. But if we could get the nieces and my brother and sister, and we're all doing an I, a FaceTime chat. Uh, if you know how to work that and you have a, someone that, that is probably lonely right now, um, if they've been cooped up, some people have been cooped up and, and staying homebound for four going on five weeks now. So uh, any sort of technology where you can see someone's face, interact with them, get a laugh and do it where you're not talking about COVID. That's the key. So yeah. that's the purpose of the movie club or the book club or the some good news. If you can have a topic that you can, it could be sports, whatever. That's why all these sports talk shows are doing five best baseball players of all time. Five best, you know, I saw a thing on Ken Griffey Jr. and Ichiro's best baseball card. Like it's just giving you a topic and a moment of respite to not talk about the president, not talk about ventilators, not talk about people dying, not talk about anything, but just to say, hey, what did you think of that movie? It was, it was fun. Or you can do the record, like best record of all time. Whatever you want to do, just have it be a topic that's not pandemic yeah. related. Let's do this. We come back. Let's talk about the future a little bit, the immediate future, because you bring up baseball. And baseball, Major League Baseball, has an idea that they're kicking around or batting around, or, uh, if you want to say, uh, about how they could actually play the games and have competition. The NBA right now doing the same thing. I would imagine the NFL – uh, as we're dealing with the draft and other things, uh, they have to be wondering, are we, are we going to pack out these stadiums? What are we going to do? So let's come back and talk about that. Before we do, real quick, Ron, um, speaking of Zoom, for a lot of our clients who we are staying connected with uh, through this time, and our clients, man, they just become our friends. They become our tribe. They become part of our family. And we are in a situation right now where we're dealing with some clients where uh, we sold a home the day before shelter-in-place order came, and then we sold another home the day the shelter-in-place order came on that very particular day. So with our clients with Zoom, uh, we're able to keep checking in because we want to make sure that these deals close. But then we also have other people, Ron, where in a couple of weeks, we're supposed to be putting out a yard arm and selling their home. And so we've been sitting down and having some really great conversations using Zoom, right? Yeah, and I would just like to invite people to chat with us because even if you're just wanting to bounce some ideas around, for instance, there's some. I had a meeting with the chief economist at Windermere uh, this week, and he's seeing that, like, hey, stock market portfolios, some of them dropped 30, 40% in two weeks' time. And he's like, I'm seeing some rumblings of people that want to take money and put it into real estate. Because as an asset class, it is holding its value way better than the stock portfolio. And it's way less volatile, especially in the Seattle market. There's probably not a stronger real estate market in America right now as we're talking and recording this show. So that's interesting. So if you just had, if you're freaking out because your 401k is all over the map, and who would have thought Boeing would have dropped under $100 a share. So if you're a, a longtime Boeing employee with a lot of your retirement in Boeing stock, that thing dropped by 60%, 70%. It's crazy. And yeah. so as an asset class, real estate now is very stable compared to what you're seeing in, in, uh, in the stock market. And so yeah. if you just want to talk about that and say, hey, Ron and Don, this is what is happening with me. 
um, maybe I have some cash that I just put it in real estate. I was going to put it into a, into like a, a different asset class. Things have changed dramatically. Um, I think that a stock like Boeing is probably not going to stay a hundred dollar stock. Huh? It's going to go up from there, but uh, home prices in what we've seen is, is they're, they're very, very stable by comparison. Starting to trend well, it's, it's surprisingly. Uh, so we could have those conversations. If you want to Zoom with us, we do something called a Ronadon sit down and we'll all sit down. We'll just sit down in our homes, in our offices, and uh, we'll connect with you. Reach out to Ron, ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. Everything, you guys, is at ronandon.com. And I would encourage you to get signed up for the newsletter. You can do that at ronandon.com and that way, we can all stay in touch with each other, okay? Hey, uh, we come back. We are going to talk a little bit uh, about something that is happening as we look over in China right now. Is They said, you know, we are going to go ahead and open the doors and try to get our economy going here again and get the trains going, the buses going, the trolleys going, and get people interacting again. Uh, and some people think the state of Washington isn't far from doing that. Let's come back and talk about that. Let's also talk about how false sports are going to survive and all this. I know there's a lot of parents out there and kids right now that are bummed because you feel like uh, my kid's senior year especially has been extinguished. And a lot of you are angry about that, which I understand. Uh, and a lot of you are hurt and you're mad and not think you have a right to be. So we'll come back and talk about that. And then finally... Uh, I was at a hospital the other day, and I saw maybe one of the most beautiful things that I have seen. And this is a hospital that is fighting like hell for the lives of those that have the COVID-19, like hell. I stopped by to drop off some masks. I saw something I have never seen before. I took a video of it. I put it up on my Facebook page, and I'll share with you before we get out of here today exactly what that was. He's Ron. I'm Don. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. It's episode number 89. He's Ron. I'm Don. Real quick, uh, before we jump into this topic, uh, we do something on Mondays or Tuesdays at Windermere where uh, all the agents, we jump on a Zoom screen together. And I can I be honest with you, Ron, about sure. something that, that I do? Uh, I typically, when I'm just on a Zoom call, uh, sit in a different part of the house, but I don't have a really cool background. And when I'm doing the Windermere meeting, because all these agents, they live in these phenomenal homes, they have these great backgrounds. And so what I do is I start my fireplace and then I aim the camera on my laptop uh, to make it look like it's a fireside chat with Don or the Ron and Don. But I'm telling you, Victor from the office, he killed me this week. He, did you see the background that Victor had? Yeah. Oh. Out of 75 backgrounds, I thought I was killing it with the fireside chat. He had this, he was sitting at this desk, he was looking down at us, and then behind him was a was a beautiful mural of the city of Seattle. And I mean, he looked like he had the suit on, the whole thing. He's sitting at home. He looked like he was in charge. He looked like he was the mayor, the president. Uh he looked like he was Batman or Robin. I mean, I looked at that thing. And so I've been scratching my head going, we're going to meet again on Monday. How can I come up with a better background than Victor? I like your background, though, Ron. Lots of guitars, a cool place to sit. 
I love it. Hey, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, tell us what happened in China this week and how does that relate to what's happened here in Seattle, Washington? Yeah, this is going to be something in the world we're paying attention to. Wuhan, which is the province where we believe COVID-19 originated, it went from a bat to another animal, and then that animal was slaughtered in in a meat market in Wuhan and somehow jumped over to human beings. That's what they believe happened uh, about 75 days ago. Now, Wuhan, last night, opened up, uh, they took the restrictions off of their citizens, and they allowed them to travel. And this was a place where we talk about us being on lockdown. If you had the the, uh, symptoms, they would literally weld someone's door shut. I don't know if you've seen this footage from China. There was, they had a team that would go out and if you were in an apartment building with a metal door, they would tack your door shut with a, with a a tack welder. Mm. Um, They have now opened it back up. Uh, Over 110,000 residents of Wuhan attempted to get out of the city. Uh, They were jumping on high-speed trains because most people don't have cars over there. Uh, Some people have motorcycles. They're jumping on their motorcycles, and they wanted to get out and go visit friends and family and do a little traveling, 110,000. So what they're monitoring right now is will there be a second wave of the virus? Uh, Has enough time passed? to where the virus is not going to blossom again. They're thinking the same thing in Hong Kong. Are they going to see a second wave? And, and a lot of times, if you go back to the 1918 flu pandemic, the second wave, and you, you brought this up in show 88, the second wave was the one that was more deadly than the first wave. That's right. That's right. And you have to remember that for four years, people socially distanced themselves. For four years, they did that. And the population, I mean, we're looking at 8 billion people, the planet population right now. Uh, and then there were only three people back in 1918. <laughs> right. There were three people. So we've gone from three people all the way to 8 billion people. Let me ask you this, Ron. Major League Baseball came out. They said, you know what we're thinking about doing? What if we took all the players, we went to Arizona, we had all the players tested, and then we made sure that the players tested negative. If they tested positive, they couldn't play. They tested negative. They live in a compound. And I'm talking all of Major League Baseball, all the teams. You'd all live the in coaches, Ari- all the teams. Everyone. You would live in Arizona. You would go from the hotel to the field. When you're on the field, uh, you would play the game. When you weren't on the field, you would go sit in the bleachers. The players would, where the fans normally sit, and they would sit six feet apart. So what they would do is create a TV event without fans, but with players. And I got to tell you, Ron, this is so odd. I could not wait to tune in. I don't watch baseball anymore. I would totally tune in and watch this because this, to me, This to me, if these guys really love baseball like they say they do, and they love playing baseball more than they love the money, more than they love the money, then I want to see what players would actually show up and play. And I'm telling you, I think the majority of players would. What say you? This would get huge television numbers. It would. I, I I don't think that the players union would go for this, and here's why. What do you do with the family members of all of these people. Do you, are you going to ask, 
these major league baseball players, and even though they travel a lot, they still come home and get to see their families. Are you going to say, well, because you make millions of dollars a year, you have to give up your freedom, basically. You have to, you're not going to the club at night in Scottsdale if they're doing, if they're locking this down. Uh, and that's one of the things that, that baseball players do is when they're on the road. They all they go to all, clubs in Scottsdale. Even they when they're in Wisconsin, Illinois, Florida. Exactly. They all go to Scottsdale and they go to the clubs. That's they what they do. They're in we the know club. This. They're that's in right. the restaurants. Uh, you right. and I have had conversations with Rick Riz about what happens uh, on your days when you're you know, in a town visiting. So they are – I just don't see them going for this. Like no. so, you, the, the lifestyle is too restrictive. I get Major League Baseball, and the, the NBA is going through this as well, where they, they're going to the players' union and they're like, "Hey, we, we can't play pay your full contracts. You guys didn't play all the games. We're making no money on ad revenue right now. Uh, the TV contracts we don't get paid if the games aren't on TV. And so, hey, LeBron, hey, Steph Curry, how's about you don't get paid anymore no. this year?" LeBron, LeBron said he wouldn't play without the fans. But the difference is, you know, the fans would be watching uh, from home. What about football? What do, you, what, do you see, what do you see happening with football? Because that's right around the corner, right? Well, I do want to see Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform. That totally interesting. Uh, you yeah. and I have a very good friend that has Tampa Bay season tickets. I know he would be pumped for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see how you can ask. 75, 80,000 people to sit on top of each other, basically, right going into flu season. Like the peak, the, the bulk of the NFL season is peak flu season. And this virus is not going to be eradicated in one calendar year. I don't see how you're going to, how can you do that? How, how can, no. do you have a lottery system where one out of every six seats uh, gets to come to the game. Now? I mean, I, I don't know. How, how do you do it? Yeah. Do you, so far, wouldn't you agree that fear has kept people in their place? And now we see the numbers that come out today. The University of Washington, who really the rest of the country and the world is really depending on for great numbers and to understand what's happening here numerically with this disease. And then the University of Washington has, has, has done a phenomenal job. And so has John Hopkins University. And the question is, when Donald Trump came out, and I think this was a political move, because initially he said, ah, this is, a, this is the Democrats' disease. And then he started paying attention. And then a couple of days ago, we got, okay, you know what? 100,000 to 240,000 people are going to die. Where do those numbers come from? We don't know, but they just, they appeared. And now the University of Washington is saying, well, you know what? Maybe it's more like 60 to 80,000 people that are going to die, meaning this isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Ron, my concern is as the fear subsides, people are going to go back to what they were doing. And also, you wait to see lawsuits fly. People are going to get angry. They are going to get angry about the fact that my senior didn't graduate. My kid didn't go to prom. Uh, They didn't get to have that final year of being seniors on campus or graduating from college, or graduating from the eighth grade or from kindergarten, because we have all these, everybody gets a trophy now. So with that said, as the fear subsides, what do you think is going to happen? I would be, you're probably right. I was going to say I'd be surprised if there's lawsuits, but you're probably right because someone's going to go, hey, I spent $80,000 to send my kid to Stanford, 
and they didn't get what you promised me. So I want $30,000 back or $40,000 back. Um, and there's some logic to that. Yeah. If I'm paying, like, uh, I have family members that are going to very expensive schools right now. They did not get what they paid for. Yeah. Um, and so I could see that happening. This is going to be interesting to see what the new normal looks like. Yeah. As you so- said, in 1918, it took four years to sort of normalize where people mm-hmm. go back to what, what a new version of life. Um, this is going to be, I, I walk around a lot. I have been walking a tremendous amount lately, early in the morning when there's virtually no one out there. And going by these restaurant shells mm. of people that, places I used to go, yeah. people I used to chat with that are lovely people that yeah. deserve to make a living wage, that worked very, very hard, very long hours and did a tremendous job yeah. uh, to prepare great food and great beverages. What what are they going to do? Like 1200 bucks is not getting it done for if you live in Seattle and you're a restaurant worker yeah. uh, and you get some stimulus check. That's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I went on a run this morning, and um, and it's a place that I go, and there's not a lot of people, and I, I had Charlie with me, so we went for a run. But where I usually go for a run, there's always this gentleman that I see, and we don't know each other's names. We never talk to each other. We just wave because he's usually running the other way. And he saw me today, and we both waved to each other, and then he stopped and he took out his headphones and he said, you know, I don't know who you are, but it is so good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it is as we get back to old routines or new routines and then what becomes a new normal. So uh, let's do this. We go away. We come back. We're talking about the markets real quick. And then I also want to share a story with you guys. Uh, as you know, we are working with the Refugee Artist Initiative. In fact, this week, they are making 3,000 masks, homemade masks, for the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, uh, for the firefighters down there, also for the inmates uh, and those that work on the jail. So they're, they're, they're working on that right now. They're also creating face shields that we're going to deliver later this week to Olympia, uh, to Providence, and also for UW Valley. I was down at UW Valley dropping off some masks a few days ago, and something happened that was extraordinary. And I shared it on my Facebook page. I'll share it with you next. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. All right, you guys, episode 89, the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. Don't forget, you can always reach out. Ron at windermere.com, Don O'Neill at windermere.com. And uh, we are licensed realtors at Windermere. And of course, we are broadcasting live. Let's do a Zoom call. I promise I'll shower. Yeah, we'd love to comb my hair. Yeah, if you want to Zoom with us, buying, selling, investing, or you just have questions, or you're just scared, or you just want to talk to your boys, Ron and Don, let's Zoom, all right? So reach out to us, and, and we'll jump on a Zoom call together. We love doing that. We've been on call all day today. So uh, Ron, talk to us a little bit. At the beginning of the show, you were talking about real estate. You were talking about the markets. Why don't you expand on that uh, a little bit? Well, I think it's important now, as you said, that the fear, the initial shock of the fear is subsiding a little bit. And, and now I want to talk... Let's break this down into a couple different categories. Um, People that if you own a home and this is where your money is, you need to think about or like I like to think about it in terms of asset classes. So your home for most people is their biggest asset. And then usually you would have some sort of 401k or some sort of money exposure into the stock market. 
So I think that that for most people is what they've got. Most people don't have commercial real estate or own businesses or do any of other those asset classes or traffic in gold bullion or collectibles or whatever. Most people, it's it's those two things. Mm -hmm. And so historically, as we know, the stock market uh, for the longest time was at about 8% per year uh, on average over long periods of time. So in any one given year, it could go up 20% or it could go down 20%. But year over year, the stock market has gone up. Now, uh, in the short term, we're getting our butts kicked right now if you have all of your eggs in that basket. So if you just had savings in the market, you're, it's, you're, it's got crushed. And you're, it's Easter time, so your eggs are supposed to be in a basket, right? That's correct. But your eggs yeah. are scrambled right now. Yeah. And so for a lot of people, um, the prospect of what do I do with this house or is it still a good time to buy a house uh, it's important f- to me to like think of those as different asset classes. They're just different. The stock market, does it affect home prices? Sure. Uh, are they tied together in the same way that things happened in 2008? Well, not according to like the Windermere economist, Matthew Gardner. I was just talking with him earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And it's important to, to realize this is a health crisis. This is not a housing crisis. So in 2008, we had a housing crisis, and it's too long of a story to get into. Go watch The Big Short. You'll understand you know, how they, the, the market was tied to these mortgages, mortgage-backed securities. So we're dealing with a health crisis right now. People still need housing. People still have babies. People still have uh, family changes. People are still getting divorces. And if you listen to relationship experts, in nine months from now, when we're coming out of this, you're going to see a baby boom, a marriage boom, and a divorce boom, <laughs> depending depending on your mentality. Yeah, you might have all three. Yeah. So you get married, divorced, and then, and then you actually had a baby and all that. And so all three things could happen the next nine months. Look out. So what happens because of those three things? Housing decisions. Yeah. And, and uh, I would love to be here for people to give them some strategies on how to do this. So if you're, if, let's say you had a million dollars in the stock market, it's now worth six fifty. If you had a million dollars in your home, it's probably still worth a million dollars. That is a big delta in between those two things. And if you are having a baby or if you did lose a loved one or if you are having to move careers because of this crisis, that could require a housing change, not just uh, a wishful thinking. That could be a requirement. We have a a client right now we're working with. She's got to move. She's moving because of one of these things that, that I just mentioned. And so that requires her to make a housing decision. And I just want to be a resource to people. We study this day in and day out. We talk to the brightest minds in this sector in Seattle, and things are, are very different here than they are in Oklahoma City. And so yeah. we want to be a resource to you yeah. in that and think about it in a different way. Uh, I'm just going to throw this on you, and then, and then I want to share the story from uh, Valley Medical Center. Uh, what's uh what's the what's what's been the hardest thing and for you so far and then and and then what's been the coolest thing what have what have you learned about yourself or what have you learned about uh seattleites or washingtonians or or humans what have you what have you learned 
The, I think the hardest thing for me is because, uh, and I, I'm not going to get into it, but because of some health-related things in my own life, I haven't been able to go with you to deliver all these masks. I just can't. Like, my doctor won't allow it. Um, yep. and again, I won't allow it. Yeah. There's some uh, – I don't need to divulge all my medical history on the podcast, but I, I can't. Um, so I've had to – I was at one of my best friend's – in the world last night uh, I had to see them for some business reasons. I was fully masked up, fully gloved up, fully 10 feet away from them at all times. Uh, 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 people that I consider family. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly hard for me yeah. um, to be, to not be able to embrace people or to shake hands or to go out and be as involved as I normally am without hesitation uh very very difficult yeah and then as far as learning something uh mentally of just saying okay we've talked a long time on the podcast about having good routines about mental toughness um and tapping into that when it matters has been interesting to me to to do yeah. So uh, trying to make healthy choices every day. Yeah. That's good. I, I've, you know, I've, I've, uh, for whatever reason, in, in something like this, I, I have, I have this mindset and, and I shared the mindset in episode 88, uh, it's, it's a mindset of getting up, attacking, attacking, attacking. It's general patent. It's like, okay, how do I take care of myself today and how do I take care of the people around, around me and, and how do we move forward? And then yesterday, I crashed. I emotionally crashed. I, I felt such despair and such sadness, and I, uh, and I don't feel it today, and I didn't feel it the day before. So I tried to figure out what that trigger was for me. And I, 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 I do emotional distance with my son and I see him, but I see him from a distance and he had reached out because when we walk together, he holds my hand and he reached out to hold my hand. And I told him that I couldn't hold his hand and I told him why, um, and I think that that was the trigger for me. Um, but I told him that we would hold hands together one day real soon. So um, a lot of times when a kid's turning 10, they don't want to hold your hand anymore. Uh, I hope that God, when he turns 20, we're still not holding hands. So I'm a little worried. That would be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing is trying to come up with a 10, you know, he's been around a decade and trying to come up with a great birthday party. Will, will, you do the, will you do this for me in all seriousness? I have on my calendar when your son's birthday is. I saw it this week. Thank you. Um, I bought him an Amazon gift card. But you. You, you know how important it is for me to see him in person on his birthday. I, I held him in my lap when he was one day old, and I, I have I've you're, seen him. You're very uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't get a manual. I had no idea what I was doing. But uh, if I have been in town, I have been there for every single birthday in his life, and I'm not going to be there for his birthday this year. 
And I want you to let him know that, and this makes me emotional to talk about, I want you to let him know, or if I can call him or whatever, to let him know that I'm thinking of him, that I want him to have fun with that gift card, and that if I could be there in person, I would be there in person. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. So, and we're not special. Everybody's going through this exact same uh, darn thing right and, now. So. And you know, too, on, on the second part of that is that your birthday is very close to his birthday. Yeah. You don't get anything from here on out. <laughs> it's all to your, like, it's all to your son's birthday. Like, yeah. your birthday doesn't count. It. After your 50th that I went all out on, I'm done with your birthday until think 75. About, think about my birthday. My birthday is April 14th. On April 14th, look this up. Uh, that night, there was a ship called the Titanic that ran into an iceberg. Never um, heard of it. On that night, there was a guy named Lincoln that got shot in a movie theater. Never heard of it. On that night is a night where people usually are scrambling uh, to get ready because they didn't get their taxes in, and they're due the next day. And so nobody ever wants to hang out with you on that night. And now, April 14th, we're talking about the University of Washington and, and, and all the great stats. The, the deaths due to COVID-19 uh, in the state of Washington are supposed to peak. The, the deaths will be peaking on April 14th. So I got Lincoln in the theater. I got a ship going down with an iceberg. I got tax day. And now I got the, the death day of COVID-19. Other All than that, everybody loves your birthday. Yeah, so... Hey, I want to share a story with you, and I appreciate all you guys that have helped us uh, raise money. And you can go out to our GoFundMe page because we're still making masks. We're still make, we're making a lot of face shields now, actually, um, which is really cool. And, and, and thanks for your participation in that. Uh, we went down to the University of Washington Valley Medical Center. When I pulled in there, uh, there were four aid cars, and they were pulling people out. And everybody that was dressed looked like they were on the planet Saturn. I mean, these healthcare workers are not messing around when they have the equipment. And we know there's been a shortage sometimes of really making sure that they put on their full battle rattle because they don't want to take COVID-19. They don't want to take it home to their kids. So I saw that. And then I went and parked. And then all of a sudden, this is really crazy. Um, I heard an ambulance come roaring in. And let me see if I can play this for you real quick, Ron. Can you hear that? Yeah. So anyway... Uh, this went on for a number of minutes, and it was a parade of aid, aid cars. Uh, the Renton police were there. Uh, the Renton Fire Department was there. AMR was there. Uh, TriMed Medical was there. And these aid cars were circling. Have you ever been to the University of the, the Valley Medical Center, Ron? It's a huge campus down there. It's off of 167? Yeah, and they have yeah, dealt, yeah, and they, they have dealt with a lot of patients when it comes to COVID-19. And we've been down there a number of times dropping off uh, materials. They were driving all the way around Valley Medical Center. And some of the aid cars I saw drive around two times and three times. And they had their lights going and the sirens were on. 
And so I stopped one of the medics afterwards and I said, what were you doing? And he said, you know, we have dropped off so many patients here at Valley Medical Center. And then once they go inside, they, they, they're secluded, right? And they're in there and they're fighting for their damn lives. And so are these doctors and nurses and all these healthcare workers that are on the front lines. We just wanted to send them a message today that they were not alone and that we loved them, that we cared about them, and that we were fighting with them uh, and fighting for them. So I thought it was really a beautiful gesture of these first responders handing off these patients. And some people would say a doctor or a nurse is a second responder, but not when you're working in the, the ER, the ICU, or with COVID-19. Um, I really, really thought it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. Uh, and I was deeply, deeply moved by that. Uh, deeply moved. So anything you want to add, Ron, before we get out of here today? Episode 89. Uh, don't let up. Don't let up when you when you think, oh, it's clear. I'm just going to just one person. I'm just going to do this one thing. we got to stay disciplined until uh, and ride this out for the sake of everybody. I, I think about my parents and your parents, that that's who that's how these folks died in Kirkland. Probably probably had a grandchild or somebody that didn't know any better. And they brought that virus in there and they were asymptomatic and then boom, people are dead. So I, I think we just got to stay disciplined, start a movie club like Esther Perel, uh, start a Zoom call, start a FaceTime call, uh, reach out to us if you need to do a Zoom call and stay positive, get out and exercise, wear a mask and just do your thing, man. Seattle, Seattle freeze. It's full no. effect. It's helping. Now, and you know what? Today is a beautiful sunny day in the Pacific Northwest. And I think just being able to do what my son's fourth grade uh, class does to just live in the moment, you guys, is really a beautiful thing. And before we get out of here, I have to say, I see some parents out there maybe connecting with their kids in a way that they've never connected with them. And now they're having to be teachers too, right? And they're doing a beautiful job with that. And then also our wonderful teachers out there reaching back through the screen into these classrooms with 26 fourth graders on a Zoom call. Good luck with that! It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. You keep your hat up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time right here at ronanddon.com.